Hey, welcome back to the Mad Yet Mighty podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone. I wanted to kind of start this episode off with talking about something that I've been kind of going through recently, but more importantly and more specifically, I wanted to talk about starting over. And the reason why is because that's been something that I feel like I'm very familiar with and I live with. And by starting over, what I mean is if you've moved, if you've changed your job, if you've changed your major, if you've changed your school, if you've gotten out of a new relationship or started a new relationship or, uh, you know, got a dog or whatever, like anything that would require you to feel like you're starting again can sometimes feel like a negative thing, right? I mean, I know from my experience, and like I do want to add that out of that list, I've pretty much have done every single one of those things, sometimes more than once. So I've I've done it all. I mean, I've moved to different states. I have changed when I was back in school, changed my major, changed the school that I went to three different times. I've um, changed my career. I've changed jobs. It's... I'm very familiar with living in change and don't get me wrong. I am absolutely not a pro by any means about handling that and handling what that means. And sometimes the feelings that come with change and starting over and those feelings can be uncertainty and anxiety because the unknown is a scary thing. It's scary. It scares the shit out of us. It keeps us up at night. The unknown is scary. So I can sometimes get caught up in these negative feelings. I can sometimes get caught up in comparing. Look where I am and look where they are. And we're in, we live in a time now where we compare. That's what we do. We have, we're constantly in front of our face. We have our phones. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have you know, Pinterest and this and that. And we're looking at all these, you know, picture perfect things, which I am not dissing any of that. I don't want anyone to think that I'm getting on a soapbox talking about how much I hate social media because that's an absolute, that's nutty and batshit. I love it. I look at, I love it because I use it as a expression. I use it as a creative outlet and that's really what its main purpose is for However, you know, people obviously use it for other reasons and that's their own prerogative. But so, yeah, I I get how and I know firsthand how I can get caught up in looking at things on Instagram and then maybe start subconsciously thinking to myself, well, you don't have that. You don't have this and you don't look like that and blah, 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 blah. And then we're just going down that, you know, rabbit hole of self-inflicting thoughts and bad news. So what I'm trying to say is that I've always in the past have looked at my starting over as failure. I've always kind of carried this, this burden of, well, you're, you know, you're going here and you're starting at this place. So you obviously, you know, failed at the last one. And that's not, that's not the case in any of my circumstances. 
every single circumstance pretty much has been up to my up, up to me. I've made the choice. I've made the choice to, to move, to change, to stop, to keep going. So I've now I've gotten to a place where I'm not afraid to make big changes in my life. I'm not afraid to stop working for a big company and, you know, move on to something else. I'm not afraid to make a career change and, you know, stop working in the beauty industry and start more of a different journey. I was working as an esthetician for the past couple of years. And for those who don't know what an esthetician is, it's somebody that works predominantly with the face. We do, you know, there's facials, there's chemical peels, facial treatments, but also you can branch out and, you know, you get, we, we wax, we do facial and body waxing, we do body treatments. I got certified in lash extensions and I was also spray tanning. I mean, there's a lot that you can do in the field of aesthetics and I absolutely love that field and I, that's part of my life. I love beauty. I love skin. I love makeup. I love the whole nine yards of it. But as a career, I was starting to feel very unbalanced. I feel like the scales were tipped and my personal life was was lacking. I was not showing up to my personal life. I feel like with my relationships, with my health, with my with my with my passions, you know, with my goals, I really wasn't sure and I wasn't focusing on that. I I, I felt very empty and drained after giving myself to my clients all day long and I this, you know, wacky schedule and I was missing out on events with my friends and with my family because I had to work on the weekends and that really broke my heart and made me feel a lot of guilt towards, you know, them and, you know, like when you're not showing up to things and people are like, well, she doesn't want to come around anymore, but it wasn't that. I mean, I was working a job where if I wasn't working, I wasn't making money and that was way too stressful for me and I couldn't handle it anymore. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't want to do it. So I love that industry and I love everything about it. And I hope that one day I can maybe somehow incorporate, you know, that into my everyday life. And I still do, you know, I still love to do makeup and will do makeup at any time or talk with anyone about skin or do this or try new skin things. So it's still in my life. But right now I put it to bed as my, you know, profession and career. And started a more of like a nine to five kind of deal. So I can kind of get Megan in alignment and really focus on my health and my, my overall, you know, physical health and mental health and my relationships, making sure that I'm showing up a hundred percent and not just putting in 60% and 50% and knowing that that'll get by. No, really showing up and being there and supporting relationships and being involved in relationships. And that's when your relationships grow and flourish. So there was a lot that I was, was not doing. So by switching this career choice for me, it was able for me, I'm now able to kind of get myself in check. And for the past couple of months, that's exactly what I've been doing. And I feel really great in that area. So I need to take my, pull myself out of the feelings of, oh, I failed as this, because that's not what happened. I made the choice to change. I made the choice. And that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. So what I'm trying to say is if that you've, if, if you're going through any of those things that I've listed or something that I didn't list that are causing you feelings of anxiety and uncertainty and you're feeling just that, you're feeling like a failure, you're not a failure. We have to change our mindsets to not look at making change a bad thing. 
when we change a career, if we change where we're living, if we change something in our lives, that's only, that's, you're, you're going up. You're, that's when growth happens. That's when personal development happens is when we make these big changes. And we're in this kind of feeling of uncertainty and comfort is not a good thing. When we get comfort, we get stagnant. We're not our most creative and expressive selves. And I, I note that very, very, very deeply. When I'm stagnant, I am not, I'm not, I'm going to say high vibe. I'm not high vibing. Like I am not giving off when I am stagnant and when I am bored, I am not at my best. So I see myself start to kind of go back into old habits and start to feel old feelings of sadness. And I get that and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa what's happening? What's happening? Like I'm starting to go back to my old ways and I have to snap myself out of it. And I'm human. I, I just went through, you know, I've been th going through a couple of days of these feelings and that's why I wanted to hop on and really talk about this topic today and about transitions and changes and new beginnings. I've become obsessed with new beginnings because there's so much potential for you there. And I'm very comfortable with making big changes now. And I'm so thankful for that because I'm never going to be bored. I'm never going to be unhappy because I can, I can realize in myself when I'm not feeling fulfilled and when I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. And I will never be somebody who just works something or stays in a relationship or stays in something just because it's easy. That's not me. And I will never do that. And I will never be that person. And if that means, you know, having a lot of different experiences, then so be it. And I will open, I need to, you know, open my arms to it because the one thing I know about myself is that I will never, ever stay and keep doing something that doesn't make me happy. And to that, I cheers myself. You know, sometimes we just have to give ourselves a pat on the back and talking out loud. And that's one thing that I've started to realize about myself. So in summary, you're not a failure if you have to start over. You, you found out that it didn't work and that's okay. That is completely, completely okay. You're brave enough to make the choice to do something different, to make a change, to get out of that unhealthy relationship, to cut those people out of your life that aren't doing anything but bringing you down, which I recently had to do. You know, make that job change. Make that, you know, start doing something for you. And it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna pay off and it's gonna feel good in the end. So that's my little philosophical touch-in on this um this week's episode like I said it was it, I've I live I've been living in this transitional period for a while now and I, like I said it, it started to weigh on me and then I had to snap myself out of it and just look forward and look in the future and be excited because I have this new opportunity new opportunities and those are great 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 things that you should be thankful for that I should be thankful for so with being transparent, I wanted to just talk about this and get on the microphone and record it. And hopefully maybe this 
resonates with somebody and maybe it makes somebody feel not like a failure. And, you know, failing isn't a bad thing either. I am reading this new book, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. It's called Fail Until You Don't um, by Bobby Bones. He's a nationally syndicated radio host um, based in Nashville, Tennessee, who's pretty much on the climb and rise in the media. Um, It's his second number one New York Times bestselling, and it's pretty much about how his entire life he's been a failure. (laughs) Or has failed at something and has kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going and now look where he is. So, you know, we can, you know, say that we fail, but don't put a negative spin on it. Failure is a, I don't even want to call it failure. Keep going, starting over is is a good thing. So, yes, that is it for this first segment I hope you enjoyed listening. If you do enjoy listening or have enjoyed listening to this episode, please give me a favorite or a like or an applause. That makes me feel really great and just knows that people are enjoying the content. Um, If you want to keep up with me and see a little bit more about what I'm doing, I am going to be going on, um, leaving for vacation today, going to South Carolina, Myrtle Beach more specifically. I've never been super excited. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Meg Kel Sip. You can also find me on Twitter. And yeah, stay tuned for the next segment. We're going to kind of dive into this week into shows, some movies um, that was going on that I've been watching. And yes, it's going to be great. So once again, thanks guys for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mad Yet Mighty. This is part two of episode three. I've kind of confused myself with how I've set my episodes up, but this is going to be part two of episode three. This is going to be the last time that I tape this, so if it is not perfect, I don't even care. So let's get started. So what I wanted to kind of dive into this segment is everything that was on TV this week that I was watching and some other things that I have been recently watching on Netflix. But since pretty much most of my life, I consume as many shows and movies as I possibly can. So this is just what I do. So let's start with Monday night. Let's just start up from the top. With The Bachelorette, so our Bachelorette this season is Becca Coffrin. And for anyone not familiar with The Bachelorette or not familiar with this season, The Bachelorette this season, she was on the previous season. She was actually the winner of last season and got engaged to Ari. And then Ari decided to plan and set up and tape on national television him breaking up with Becca calling off their engagement and telling her that he wanted to um, give it a shot or he's afraid of losing his other opportunity with the runner-up girl, which I'm going to be, I think her name's Lauren. I'm I'm so terrible. I don't know, but I honestly don't care. So she was heartbroken on national television, obviously became America's sweetheart. Everyone went through the roof for her. So when they announced that she was the bachelorette, it was wow. And she's like this Midwestern girl from Minnesota and likes to kick it back and really goofy and really pretty. And 
Um, looks like she just likes to drink like, you know, light beer out of a can, which I am absolutely down with, but that kind of girl. So it's been, it's been a while since we've had this kind of leading lady. We've had a lot of like Instagram pretty, and I'm not saying she's on Instagram pretty. She's super adorable, but a little bit more, I don't know. She just seems a little bit more kind of like down to earth. Anywho, so this episode this past week was the big episode where we have our big two-on-one date where... Becca has two of the guys and it's typically two of the guys who are tiffing and it's normally the villain on the show is always on this two-on-one date and whoever's like the guy who's been really vocal about booting them off or trying to get them off or they're not here for the right reasons blah 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 blah, who obviously always end up looking like pathetic and kind of like "Eh, like okay stop like no one else is talking about them but you so that was this episode this was episode five I believe And for me, the first couple of episodes on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, I like at the beginning because I like meeting all the guys. I like kind of like getting the gist of the season. But then it's as it gets to these episodes, this is when I kind of start getting bored because this is typically when like these like the villain storyline is happening and everyone it's like the house against the villain. And it's like, oh, my God, how like like we hate them like Chad and Lee from um, Rachel Lindsay's season. And it's always this two-on-one date where normally the villain gets booted off. In this case, so Becca takes Jordan, the male model, who is not, I don't really want to call him a villain, but he's who the producers have kind of put in this spot of he's not, he's, he's the least liked person in the house. And he's this male model from Florida. He's a total goob. He's a nerd. Like this act, it's like, it just, whatever. Like he is whatever to me. And It's him and a guy named David, who David actually fell off the top bunk while he was sleeping, had to be carried off site on a stretcher to a hospital. And they had this whole scene where Chris Harrison brings in the cell phone and Becca's talking to him on the cell phone. And he's like, oh, Becca, but I'm going to I'm going to make it back because I want to be there. And it's like, oh, so cheesy, but so great. So it's David who has just this bone to pick with. Jordan and it's starting to make him look like there's nothing else he wants to talk about besides Jordan and you know to Jordan's defense you know he's doing his own thing he doesn't have you know he's not talking about anyone else on his time so Becca pulls and it's always this remote location and this canopy set up in the middle of nowhere and with like a little cooler it's and so Becca they all are three sitting there it's awkward you know their tension tensions are high and Becca pulls Jordan aside and Jordan obviously gets, you know, spends, wastes no time. He's already talking about Jordan and how he's not here for the right reasons and saying stuff about, you know, dating a bunch of girls and Tinder and yada, yada, yada. So Becca's like, well, okay, let's go figure this out. And she's been through this whole storyline of how like the guys, somebody previously like lied. And now she's like, I just want people to be honest with me. Like I'm being a hundred percent open that whole shtick. So she marches back, pulls Jordan aside, confronts him. Jordan obviously is like fed up because he's probably been talked about. And he's like, all right, get over it. Like, I want to whatever. He tries to save himself by like putting in this blip about how he knows what love and wants love because he's watched his dad love his mom. And she has numerous mental illnesses. And as, as, as I was understanding him trying to be like soft at this point, it was like forced and very quick. And like he just tried to like get it in and. It really didn't go anywhere. And then Becca brought them back together and they were bickering and fighting. And it was just, it was a lame two-on-one, but it had to happen. So 
Long story short, Becca actually sends David home because she was like, I feel like you're, you know, you started this. And so, you know, the episode drags on Jordan her, or, and her now at dinner. And it's not good television. He's talking about himself and she's obviously not interested, but had to, you know, drag him on this far. So there's content. And then she doesn't give him the rose. Shocker. And he finally is off the show. Thank God. Now we can get to the real shit. Okay. Because after now, from this point on, this is when the real meat and potatoes. We're seeing hometown dates. We're actually getting to see Becca trying to have a relationship with these guys. Seeing more of the guys one-on-one that we actually give a shit about. So this is when I actually start to am all psyched and happy um, about it coming. Or being like the second half of the show. So... That was basically the main point of the show. That was like the big storyline. Other than that, um, there was a little bickering at the end with two of the guys. And, what you know, it just, it was very, that was it for me. I think that was like the main point of that episode. And now we're going to get to the good stuff. Um, so we'll see what happens. But with Garrett taking down his Instagram because of those racist, or something was tracked back to Garrett where he was liking um I believe like racial something not great came out and ABC like they they took his Instagram down. So there's speculation that he's might be the winner and they're trying to like do damage control now or he might be later on in the show. But normally they would just make you take. So that's whatever. That's that. So that'll be interesting to see. Then they released ABC released Bachelor in Paradise's first like cast, the main cast that's going to start off the show. And love Bachelor in Paradise. If you don't watch Bachelor in Paradise, it's all of the rejects going to this big, luxurious mansion villa on the side of a mountain in Mexico on the beach. And they all date and then try to be in these relationships. And as long as you're basically in a relationship, you're safe. The second that you're no longer driving with someone and everyone's like coupled up, that's when you're screwed. So that's what that's about. And... I am really excited about a couple of people that are going to be on this season. So a couple of people that I'm looking forward to that you're even, because a lot of these are like super kind of unknown, um, at least for me right now, like Astrid Locke is from Nick Vial season and she like kind of runs with that like in crowd of that season. I know that sounds really lame that I'm even like saying that, but it's true. They have like these cult followings on Instagram and they all like move to Nashville and they all start these literally like lifestyle blogs and now they're, you know, they have their following. So Bibiana is from Ari season. She was on also the Bachelor Winter Games. So she's going to be back. I'm excited for her. She's a fan favorite and I enjoy watching her and hopefully she, you know hooks up with someone Chelsea was from Ari season she was like the single mom he was like all over him and like really aggressive David from this season on Becca season the guy who fell off the top bunk who was on the two-on-one he's gonna be there don't really care about that Eric Bigger who was from Rachel Lindsay's season I'm super excited he was like in the final three really like him and I'm excited that he's coming back to reality tv because I really want to see some more of him Joe who was from this season, Grocer Joe, who got kicked off past episode one and everyone was like shitting their pants. Like, why is Grocer Joe off the show? He's like the hottest guy in the show. And he runs a grocery store in Chicago. He's like the friendliest. Anyways, that was a mystery to me. Obviously, they had high hopes for him in paradise, I guess. So he's back in paradise. 
Jordan, shocker, shocker, don't even have anything to say about him. Kendall Long, who's from Ari season, she actually made it pretty far. And like her weird thing about her was that she collects taxidermy. So we'll, I'm interested to watch her. Kenny, teddy bear wrestler Kenny Lane from Rachel Lindsay season, the single dad. He's going to be back. Excited about him. And Tia Booth, who was on Ari season, who there's that whole drama about Colton, who's on Becca season, saying that they had a relationship. And now he's on Becca's show. And then there's also been photos released of Colton and Tia in Bachelor in Paradise on a double date with Raven and Adam, who are a known couple off of previous seasons and who met on, well, they met on the show. They didn't, oh yeah, they left the show dating. So those are some people that are coming back or that are going to be on the show. Then obviously they introduce more people. So definitely going to be tuning into that. And that starts soon. Let's bounce to Tuesday night. If you watch Bravo, if you have any interest in reality TV, Tuesday nights on Bravo, um, Below Deck is on right now. And Below Deck is a hilarious reality show that follows a yachting crew on a luxurious private yacht. So it follows like the deck crew, the interior crew, and then the captain. They have characters come back from previous seasons. They have a spinoff, which is Below Deck Mediterranean. And they sometimes, I think, cross... Anyways, it's a fascinating show if you want to watch, like, just see, like, beautiful sights, see, like, people and how people treat, like, customer service, people who are in, like, the customer service business. It's fascinating, but I'm loving, not really, like, hardcore loving the season, but it it doesn't matter because I'm obsessed with the show. I'm going to watch it anyways. So I'm watching that right now. Um... Wednesdays I watch Handmaid's Tale but I have not watched this week so I am not caught up I'm liking season two I'm not it's definitely a transitional season like a not a lot is happening but I, it's definitely I think building and building and building and building for shit to go off in season three and I could you know totally be missing out on some corrupt probably key facts from this past episode that's how I feel right now about that I've enjoyed everything I've enjoyed that they've brought back Alexis Bledel um enjoy that we're seeing more of Mara um enjoying that we're seeing a lot of Mrs. Waterford even though I absolutely hate her Erica Christensen I'm excited that we're seeing I like their scenes I like that they're kind of tennis match that June and her have had but you know like there really hasn't been a a very like a ton of stuff happening besides blowing up you know the the imp whatever the like the meeting with all of the you know government guys sorry that was rude and not professional me taking a drink like that so yeah into that not caught up but I will be caught up and then obviously Jersey Shore finale um, I think the show actually ended last week for me. I think they could have gone without this episode, but it was the last episode. So they had to fill it somehow. We have the little blowout with Mike and Ronnie, which needed to happen. It was building all season. I thought it was very lackluster, if you ask me. I think it was a little short and a little bit not resolved. So I wasn't super pleased. Basically, Mike calling Ronnie out saying that he's a, you know, he needs to get a shit together and that he has an issue and <laughs> that he needs to get help, essentially. And then Ronnie you know, saying that he knows, he knows, he knows, and everyone's siding with Ronnie. I think they fucking enable Ronnie hardcore. Um, the girls do. Anyways, it ended nice. Polly DJed an event at Club 11. 
it had was a great ending and then we got the announcement that they're going to be coming back with a season two or like an extended of Jersey Shore Family Reunion and it's going to be filming it actually is filming right now because Ronnie was taping and apparently his girlfriend baby mama um, drug him with a car so she was charged with um, you know assault casual casual filming while their baby Ariana Sky was in the back so there's that but um, excited, and we'll be tuning in. That starts in August. Can't wait. And another quick show I wanted to touch on before I jumped into what I'm hardcore loving or loved recently on Netflix. I cannot wait for American Horror Story. So this new season that's coming out is going to be the crossover between season one, Murder House, and season three, Coven. And... I don't know how they're going to do it with people being different characters in both shows or if they're literally going to play. I, I don't know. I'm like freaking out. I'm so excited. I can't wait. That's happening. Um, they've teased. Emma Roberts has teased her back in her Madison Montgomery outfit. So I just I'm so excited. So I'll definitely be keeping up to date on that show. Let's jump into Netflix. So very popular docuseries that I watched and was obsessed with was obviously The Staircase. And it's a 14 episode docuseries on Netflix about author Michael Peterson, who finds his wife Kathleen Peterson at the bottom of their stairs, dead or dying. He makes the 911 call and it's I'm still not clear on if she was dead or if she was dying. However, that's the beginning of it. And then the entire season is he actually hired a French documentary group to come and just follow, like, like literally, like, chronicle his life. And that's exactly what they did. It's, like, over a span of, like, over 10 years of footage. It's absolutely insane. And it's basically, did he do it or was it an accident? Um, so I don't want to say anything more. After watching it, I will stand tall. And after... I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want to ruin anything. So that's great. Another great series, Evil Genius. Another docuseries about a really weird crime, about a man who walked into a bank just on a random day, robbed it, had a device around his neck. And as he was being, you know, held by all the police in the in the parking lot or wherever it was, he was telling them that it was going to explode and that it was a bomb. And then it did. Now, that's not spoiling anything. That's literally like the beginning and like that's the known. But what's what we're trying to figure out is the crime behind it. Who are the people who did this or who is the person who did this? And the person is absolutely it's crazy. And it's just there's interviews and there's live footage of it actually happening. It's wild. So that was very eerie, very saw like. And that just happened recently within the last couple of years. So that's really great. Um, something else, two movies that I did watch, I'm going to give a quick little touch on. I absolutely loved Set It Up. It's a romantic comedy with Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell recently been, he would, was seen on Scream Queens and Zoe Deutsch recently in her, um, indie movie she released, Flower, and then Why Him, which was a Christmas movie last year with James Franco and Brian Cranston, or like a Christmas-like, it was, had the Christmas at the end, whatever. 
Love her. Absolutely loved this. It was adorable. And there's not a lot of rom-coms that are out anymore. And we're getting a lot more of like friend group movies where these friend groups go on these crazy or crazy things happen and there's like a romantic storyline in there. But we're not getting these like one-on-one leading lady, leading guy like rom-coms. So it was really good. Their chemistry is awesome. They both are witty. They they bounce off of each other. I'm, I absolutely loved it. It also stars Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs. Plotline, um, they are assistants to Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs, and they're Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs play these like neurotic, like you know, type A people that no one can stand. So Zoe Deutsch and Glenn Powell, their characters are Harper and Charlie. They try to, unbeknownst to their bosses, like quietly set them up, and then while that happens, they obviously fall in love. But really great. A really great done like production done with like the Netflix whatever the production company was I really enjoyed it I'll tell you what I did not enjoy I'm just gonna come out and say it and I know this is gonna be an unpopular opinion I watched the first 30 minutes of Ibiza and I had to turn it off I was so bored did not think it was funny I was all about it being a female cast but honestly I was like okay this is so stupid maybe I didn't get past I didn't get past like her going off with the DJ just meeting the DJ but ugh. The jokes weren't funny. They weren't hitting with me. I don't know. I was bored. I turned it off. And then I watched Set It Up. So it all actually turned out for the better. Maybe I'll watch Ibiza later. Maybe I won't. Um, that's how I felt about that. Another really great documentary that I don't think a lot of people have. There's, It's not gotten a lot of publicity. Or I don't know. I don't know if it maybe it did. Um, it's called Flint Town. And it's about the Flint, Michigan police. And I had no idea. I'm this, I mean, I'm not claiming that I knew about this or knew about the town, but Flint, Michigan is like one of the most violent and most poverty ridden towns like in the United States of America. And it's all about how this town has no money, has no budget, has no police, but it is the, I mean, it's people wait for like eight hours for police to show up when like, there's like a, I mean, it's that it's, it's insane. It has live footage a really great raw like kind of like makes your heart beat and you're like kind of sitting at the edge on some of it. it's a great documentary season two is coming out um highly recommend it. it's called flint town on netflix and those are the main ones i wanted to touch on i watched a couple other things but i don't know like i watched the first couple episodes of Cooking on High, which is another Netflix original. It's a cooking show, kind of more of like an indie cooking show. And two chefs go against each other to make weed-infused food, or THC. And then they have two celebrity, celebrity my butt. I, you have no idea who the judges are, but then, you know, they talk about pod and and they eat the, and they eat the food. It was okay. Like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, rush to finish it, but I think they needed to add a little bit more of, like, watching the chefs actually cook and how they prepare the food instead of telling stupid stories about when they were high. Because I'm going to be honest, if you weren't there and you're not one of your friends, when you tell a story like that, unless you're a phenomenal storyteller, no one's going to care. It's not funny. You don't know the inside jokes. I mean, so that's my, that's my take on that. And then... Y'all, I watched the first like 10 minutes of Jeepers Creepers 3 because I like had to because why I'm obsessed with all horror movies, even if they're terrible and like, you know, C-rated. I had to literally turn it off. If it was it was so bad, I couldn't even watch it because it was bad. And I was going to watch it if it was bad, but it was like I I couldn't. So I immediately turned it off and was just like, I 
I'm so upset that that was that bad. So, yeah, that was this week. Um, I watched a couple other things, but I could rant on and on. I have a whole list. So if we want to do like an episode about a certain show specifically, I do have a couple of movies coming up that I'm going to be um, going on little monologue tangents about that I have in my back pocket. But if there's any show or anything that you want me to talk about on a show, message me. Seriously, I'm all about talking about whatever show and I'm sure that I've watched it because I have a huge list. haven't even dug into. So that's it for me. I am literally getting packed as I'm doing this and about to hit the road for vacation. Thank you all for listening to my late to the game, but still wonderful. I mean, not wonderful, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I need to go. I'm losing my mind. Thank you all for listening. Please, if you, you know, always like, always give me a little clap if you liked it and just kind of letting me know, you know, what's hitting with people and what people are liking. Tell a friend about Mad Yet Mighty podcast. Um, Find me on Instagram at MegKelsip. And I will talk to you all very, very soon. And I hope everyone has a great weekend and an awesome 4th of July. See you guys.